Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 123 of Lay Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community, that's you guys, that surrounds it. I'm your host, Ben Moss Woodward, otherwise known as Commander Edelweiss, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder of Doom this week, we have Grant Walcott. Hello. Hello. We are also joined by Mr. Colin Ford. Good evening, everybody. And popping in very briefly, escaping his editing desk, we have Commander Thane, Chris Jarvis. Hello. We are also squeezing in Andy Webb, otherwise known as Gal Midden. Hello there. And finally, we have Reinhardt, otherwise known as our lovely ambassador, Aidan Abacus. Guten Abend, Commanders. Guten Abend to you and all. Yeah, you you have your Fritz Kohler and all that. Of course, I'm ready. I'm prepared. <laughs> I, I'm sure that the space loach will be very jealous of you. I'm sure of that. <laughs> right. If you wish, this evening we are in game. Although personally, I am around about Jack Station. Grant is just over halfway between the bubble and Jack Station. Colin, I think, is somewhere. Not sure where am- you are, Colin. I am sort of like 500 light years below the bubble and heading down as far as I can. So, so Colin's going down in the bubble, and um. Jarvis is cha- Jarvis is changed chained to his desk. Yes. So we 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 are there in spirit, but unfortunately, none of us are actually around Lave Radio at the moment, around Lave Station at the moment. So, sorry, we we love you, but unless you're at Jack's, I can't really hang out with you. Yeah, also- and I guess no one else can either. Also, while you're there, can you let us know who won that election? <laughs> <laughs> yes, apparently we were, we were in an election, but none of us were around to do a lot about this, which I feel moderately I, guilty about. I did a bit. Okay, so what, what kind of things did we have to do for this, Jarvis? It was mostly, for me, I don't know if it's just because of my level or setup, I was mostly um, shipping poll data from Lave to various surrounding systems um there were also missions to liberate what was the picture i posted because fozza was it uh you had to liberate four political prisoners and this was meant to contribute to the election um but fozza was having trouble doing it because he got some cargo clamps on the ship that was meant to have the political prisoners and all he got was um feed okay so i don't know because that used to be one of the missions that was bugged but i thought frontier fixed it with 2.1 so were um, these political prisoners Commander Stroud and Mr. Sabler and people like that? Pass. Although <laughs> well, they've not been seen for a while, so maybe. <laughs> maybe that's a problem. If the missions were bugged, we couldn't rescue them. But I don't honestly, I, you know, I don't know if those missions are bugged or not. I know that it's a mission that used to be bugged. Um, and Fozza didn't have a cargo scanner, so he couldn't confirm whether the ship he was attacking had political prisoners and feed. So right. whether he just, you know, knocked on the cargo thing and just got the wrong stuff. Always possible, I suppose. Um, so as well as being in-game, if not around Lave, we are on our usual non-in-gamey type talky things, otherwise known as IRC, which you can get by going to laveradio.com slash live. And of course, some of us are also going to be talking to you folks in Twitch as well. Which is Lay Radio? Uh, no, it's not LayRadio.com. Twitch.com/slash LayRadio. 
So I think that's that's all the ways that I think people can get in touch with us. So on that note, Mr. Jarvis, what have you been up to? Okay, uh, so Sunday night I did the first of my uh, behind-the-scenes um, Escape Velocity streams for my backers, which is where I, you know, online I'm actually editing a scene kind of in front of them and talking to them. Uh, but during that stream I announced that Escape Velocity Series 3 actually begins again this Sunday. So uh, Sunday... Yeah. Um, Sunday, September 11th, we are starting Series 3 of Escape Velocity. Um, the episode will... Uh, I want to kind of, you know, because I, I kind of grew up with the thing of watching a TV show, you know, whatever, once a week and it being on at a particular time. So I'm kind of trying to rekindle some of that. Um, so the episode will be streaming live at 9pm on laveradio.com forward slash live. Um, and... After that, it'll it'll appear in various places. It'll you know it'll go out on the podcast feed. Um, it'll probably get repeated on Live Radio. It'll hopefully go out on Hutton as well if if, if they'll have it. Um, and yeah, so that's that's Sunday night at nine pm. Um, and I'm so I've got quite a busy week getting things everything sorted for Sunday night. So I'm not going to be staying for the rest of the show. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of duck out. Um, but if people want to, if people still want to support the series via Patreon, there are some uh, series-long rewards that kind of need you to get in now, and and you know back for the you know support for the whole series. Um, there is still time to do that before Sunday. It will just about work out. Um, but yeah, once once Sunday's happened and it's been posted, then it'll be moving on, and it'll be it'll be not impossible, but certainly much more difficult. Um, because those series-long rewards will actually then kick, tick over into what will eventually be Series 4, which could be a while. So uh, if anybody wants to support it, it's patreon.com forward slash Radio Theatre Workshop. Um, and there was something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah, I've still got some of the um, Escape Velocity swag from LaveCon. So if anybody wants to buy a travel mug or a T-shirt or pre-order the Chaos Reborn audio drama, or Michael Brooks's fantastic forced entry, um, I've actually got a new store up. So if you go to radiotheaterworkshop.com uh, and click on the RTW store button, there's a whole new store which now works, unlike the old one which I wrote, which didn't work very well. <laughs> um, but that seems, that seems like a lot of news from me. The, the short version is Escape Velocity starts Sunday night. Go to escapevelocity.laveradio.com for details. Um, and uh, hopefully Grant's going to play a trailer now. Yeah, absolutely can do. That'd be awesome. If only we know we had the prep. No, we do. It's okay. Here we go. This is it. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I have um, having listened to this gave absolute goosebumps, Chris. Uh, it sounds amazing. I mean, your uh, skill levels go up every time, and yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. So everyone enjoy this. This is uh, <laughs> Thank turn, you. turn your speakers up and just lose yourself in this world that we've been apart from for crikey, it seems like a long time. How long has it been since the last episode? It's been like I think 2 years. My goodness. Which is crazy. So yeah, this will really definitely give well, it took you me 18 shivers. months to do the audiobooks. So <laughs> Okay. That's part of the reason. That's fair enough, yeah, there's been a lot of good stuff in between as well. All right, without any further delays then, let's have a listen to this epic, epic trailer. The Radio Theatre Workshop presents... The dreams are getting worse. Van Harmon's star is an isolationist religious enclave. Why would anyone go to war there? That's what I'm here for. 
I'd always hoped to meet you in space. Spreading your ashes across the stars seems somehow poetic. Where is Commander Thane? Thane is a criminal, a fugitive, and as far as the corporations are concerned, an escaped slave. I don't know if I can explain it. What I can do. It isn't magic. Welcome to Baker Base Comsnet. Would you like to send a message? Message? What message? Did I say message? I meant death. I bring death from the Empire. You're about to fly past evidence of a half-century conspiracy. Fame. That's where my answers are. Don't you think it would impress your director of federal security if you found it? I will find my guiding light and then I will be complete. What are you doing? We had a deal. Look at you. Crawling around down there in the grime and dirt. You're an animal, aren't you, slave? What are you trying to tell me? Never call me again. Don't worry, Thane. I'll look after you. You can run, mate. But you can't hide the way your designers make you think. Why are you doing this? Isn't it obvious? I wish to share my darkness. Escape Velocity. Series 3 begins September 11th, 2016. For more information, visit escapevelocity.laveradio.com. That sounds absolutely epic. I think we need to re- 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 reiterate that address because it kind of slowly faded out towards the end and cut that off. Sorry about that. So it's <laughs> escapevelocity.laveradio.com. Fantastic. Or you can go to laveradio.com forward slash escape velocity, which goes to the same place. Or if you go to radiotheatreworkshop.com, there's links from there and all sorts. I'll tell Just you a what else. Quick questions for you, Jarvis. Sure. Um, obviously, you're starting series three. How much is it going to help people if they've already listened to seasons one and two? Um, it's kind of a difficult one for me to say. Um, I mean, my instinct would be to say, I can't imagine it will make any sense to you at all if you haven't heard series one or two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it is a continuation of the story. Uh, but at the same time, I kind of do, you know, in, in terms of my writing style, I do write stuff to try and kind of reintroduce ideas and concepts. So there are, you know, you will get kind of reminders of stuff or, you know, if you're coming to it fresh, there will be kind of hints about, why the things are happening you know that are happening um i mean the best way to enjoy it obviously is to, is to listen to series one and two um but uh you know I, I would like to think that people could come to it and you know they'd really enjoy it and uh it, it wouldn't be bad but then there's you know there's stuff in that trailer there's lines of dialogue which if you've heard series one and two are kind of really significant and you if you've if you've heard series one and two you appreciate why certain characters saying certain things is really kind of like oh my god kind of what's happening there um so yeah i mean the best way to enjoy it is to is to listen to the whole thing from the beginning um but i mean you know if you um uh, you know as, as grant's kind of said 
you know, about my skills getting better. I think that's a nice kind of veiled way of saying that actually, you know, some of my techniques for series one, you know, looking back a, a bit rough. Um, <laughs> um, so maybe if you've not heard any of it, you know, come for the beginning of series three, have a listen to it. If you really like it, then you kind of know that that's, that's the quality that, that the series will get to. And you can sort of go back and listen to series one and two with that in mind. I don't know. I, I mean, I'd listen to it in order. I was I, I was just going to tell you I'm in the process of setting up Sunday to run season one and season two right in and up to the start of season three for you. So if you have a spare six hours on Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> you can yeah 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 you can binge the uh, binge the box set uh, of Escape Velocity. Um, and yeah, and for those those people who like to listen on phones, there is a uh, an RSS and iTunes subscription on the Escape Velocity website. Um, so you can you can sign up to the RSS and you'll just get all the episodes delivered to your phone. Um, and uh, I think that's pretty much that's pretty much basically it. Another thing you said you're doing a live premiere. Was it nine o'clock on Sunday? You said yes, British time. So we're GMT plus one at the moment. Yep. Um, are you going to be around to natter with the community whilst that's going on, or are you going to be living under your rock? I'm not living under a rock, um, but I am talking to the Patreon backers. Right, so, you'll be talking to uh, your Patreon backers in yeah, the Patreon Yeah, because yeah, one, yeah, one, one of the kind of pledge levels for the Patreon supporters is they kind of, you know, we all hang out together during the show's live broadcast, um, and then I'm kind of hanging around for Q&A after the episode, um, so that people can, you know, talk to me and, and ask me questions about the episode. Some of which I will answer. Some of which I probably won't answer. Um, but that, yeah, yeah no, that is that no is where spoilers I'll be. for people. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully, you know, um, depending on time and stuff, hopefully I'll be on Live Radio again next week, and I can sort of field any questions for other Live Radio listeners. Then anybody else got any other questions for Mr. Jarvis before he escapes back to his his editing desk? And anything else you want to say, Chris? No, um, just just to say, you know, it is the Patreon backers who have, 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 you know, made Series 3 happen. It's because of their support and because of having their, um, you know, their pledges of, of funding that the series can be made. Um, so, you know, do do come and support it. And um, there's, you know, and there's, there's kind of cool stuff you can get on there. You can get behind the scenes stuff. Uh, like I say, I'm doing behind-the-scenes streams every Sunday night. There's if if you get in like now, you can get um, like a, a USB card thing with Escape Velocity artwork on it, and it'll have all the episodes on it at the end of the series. We'll send you know people who've supported the whole series at a certain level will get those USB cards with the whole series on, and also the Patreon backers get. Um, like an ultra high quality download of the series obviously for the podcast and streaming it it just goes out at 128 bit um but the backers get um a, a sort of 320 bit version um so there's that uh but yeah there's also some specific there are opportunities to um pledge to have kind of commander names sort of inserted into the show there's various gaps in the recording where i've got people still coming in and we're, we're kind of going to be putting you know backer pledges into the show um that that does depend on a lot of things it depends on the people who've already got those pledge tiers actually coming off them because at the moment people are sort of camping the spots they've got um so do keep an eye out between here and sunday for if any of those pledge levels free up i will be keeping on it um 
and uh and also yes if you do sign up for one of those pledge levels you've got like five days to get back to me about it because i've obviously got to the, the the escape velocity episodes are every two weeks so that's the two weeks in which that episode has to be finalized which means i really need by the end of the first week all those pledge levels to be confirmed with with content so um do do have a serious think about whether you will be able to think of something within the five days so that sounds to me like you're going to be asking for more people to potentially jaunty up their levels so they can get into these things in a few weeks' time then, I Yeah, it depends. I mean, the people who've got those pledge levels might want to stay at that level and have it again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, if people are, people are dropping down, it gives an opportunity for other people to come in. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you know who you are, the people that are in those spots. <laughs> you I'm, can I'm always drop them a hint. You can drop no, them a hint and just kill the character off. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful to the financial support that the community Aye. are giving this series, um, and by extension, me. Um, and I kind of, you know, those those higher pledge levels are quite high. And I, there's a part of me that's sort of feeling really bad if people pledged that high level for episode one and then they're pledging at that level for episode two. The idea for me of those higher levels was that people would come and go. Um, but if, you know, if they want to stay there, you know, fair play to them. Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. And now get cracking, get out for Monday. So Sunday. Yes. Sunday night, 9 p.m. Uh, laveradio.com forward slash live. Woo-hoo. Great. Right, well, I'll go back you. to finishing it. <laughs> thank you very much for joining us, then, Chris. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Have a good night. Cheers. You too. Cheers. All right. Well, Bye. Grant, would you like to tell us anything about what's been going on in your life of late? <laughs> well, it's not exactly. A, and I, and the answer been... to that can be no. <laughs> the the most cheerful uh, it's not been the most cheerful of weeks obviously we were in the middle of uh, finishing off a renovation and then my grandmother passed away rather suddenly last Monday evening um, and we're just been sort of getting all the bits and pieces that you have to do in the event of these things together and we had the overwhelming and beautiful support of the community on Facebook and things sending their well wishes and some beautiful comments so thank you to everyone that uh, did that and it's been a case of trying to get these, just all these things tied up, and then of course our um, carers away on holiday this week, so it makes things just a little bit trickier. And just to make things even more trickier, my son's got work experience in the city centre, so that's a 50-minute drive in the morning in static traffic just to sort of kick the day off. So yeah, I think you know, I think it's fair to say it's an awesome I'm week. A- I'm really not loving How it. How old's your son now, by the way? I'm called Caleb. He's um. So he'll be fifteen in about three weeks. So how far away from the city centre are you? We are. If it wasn't rush hour traffic, I'm trying to. Des- I'm trying to decide if you're being an overprotective parent or not. No, good. No, no, no. It's um, my mother would have just. Yeah, I had work experience when I was about that age over in the other side of Edinburgh. And my mother kicked me out in the morning along with the words of no chuffing way that I'm not taking you there at that time in the morning. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not an easy place to get to. That's the only problem. He thought it was right. in uh, a place rather a bit more closer to us, Clarkston, which would have been damn simple and easy for him to get to. But this is right in the city centre, so I think it would have been one bus oh, getting off bus. at the right stop and then a good sort of 10, 15 minute walk through a very dodgy uh, industrial estate. Uh, so, not, not in government, is it? No, 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 no. Almost, almost at Bridge Street, actually. Um, so it's just right I, in there. I've, I've been to Bridge Street, yeah. I remember yeah. that. It's relatively fine. So he's, in, he's enjoying that. He's, believe it or not, Hi. he's working for a company that does audiovisual equipment for events. <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> it's just kind of funny. That, that's kind of handy, handy for yourself and Simon then. Get some tips, but the so he's been out. He's been out and uh, he's been enjoying that. Uh, say my grand services on Saturday. I know it's kind of strange, but I'm kind of strangely looking forward to it. It's just that, yeah, celebration time to sort of celebrate her life and all the amazing things that she's done. And oh, I mean, she just we just went. We found some photographs of her in in Kenya when they were posted over there. As uh, I think, I think my grandfather was. Uh, policeman, he worked Aye. in the police force in Kenya, so yeah, it's probably where an awful lot of her racist comments come from. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she can't, you know, that way, you know, generations yeah, you yeah, talk to yeah, them yeah, and you yeah. cringe when they say something. She had some corkers, and then every so often she would just blurt out some Swahili and then look at you like you're, you know, what do you not understand what I asked for? And you're like, no, you, you asked me in Swahili. Oh, and of course she spoke Welsh as well, so, you know, she would just jump into these different languages. Of course languages. she spoke Welsh. Why the heck would she speak Welsh? Well, because she was Welsh. Okay. <laughs> that's a good reason, then. <laughs> it's just, that, I mean, that's the I thing. I love she the way was... you just kind of said, of course she spoke Welsh. Yeah, yeah as, far as, I was aware, as far as I knew, you're from Scotland. Yeah, well, yes, I mean, they're army families. <laughs> Both sides of my family are yeah. army families, and... My other gran, she had amazing stories too. She passed away a couple of years ago. Um, nice. She shipped out to war the night after being offered a contract to sing for the BBC. And it's just, you know, you're like, what? This is, this is amazing stuff to hear from you. you. I mean, they could be lying their arses off. I mean, in her later years through the uh, Alzheimer's, she did say that she knew the, key, the Queen and they served in the army together. And I'm pretty sure that that might be genuine too. <laughs> Can't even see what this paper is. She thought ITV were on strike for blooming two years. That was frustrating. Um, <laughs> she said, "No, that's today's lottery numbers. No, no, that's the same as like, oh, we're going to see. It's a horrible disease, but it does give you some giggles along the way. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's a kind of sad moment when you realise, you know, that my aunt is the last of that side of the family, uh, apart from us." Um, so you kind of, you know, I'm looking at Simon and thinking, you've not got long left. Ah, <laughs> uh, <that> Simon's <laughs> fine. You'd agree with he's me, not, though. He's not going You'd agree with me. Um, he's not feeling great. So, oh, bless him. you know, it's just one of those things where you do, it just bring it home, you know, that the life is, 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 is so short in the terms of things. It's so long and amazing and the stuff that you can do during it. So stop pissing about, wasting your time, get off your arse and go and do it. Go! What are you listening to us for? Go on, turn off the radio. No, don't turn off the radio because otherwise we're doing nothing for no apparent reason. Stay listening to the radio, then afterwards come off it and go and do something just to tick a box off a list of things that you want to do. Well, that's the benefit of listening to an audio stream for Grant. You can get on with stuff whilst listening to us. What? 
I've been doing this wrong for two years. <laughs> oh, we can't. I yeah, I can't get off and go and cook dinner or something like that while talking on the radio. But you know, Marshall or somebody like that can go away and look after his daughter, and you know, still got us on in the headphones. Oh, well, that's true. You know, Multitasking. Yeah, yeah. As I, I know, Zach likes listening to us as he's going to bed, which I find mildly disturbing. That's another story. <laughs> Um, but you know, it's it's that's the beauty of audio dramas. But yeah, so and it has been, you know, just that kind of um, getting through paperwork, uh, which is never much of a fun week. But you know, once we get through it and stuff, and then next week, you know, we, we're going to have to finish off um, snagging at my daughter's house tomorrow. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, because it marks the end of a job, and then it's just a case of getting the decorators in, which is not a Freudian message or a slip. Um, I do mean our pal Andy, who's a painter, and uh, he'll finish off the front bedroom, which has been all nicely plastered, and, and we've replaced radiators. We've done the whole lot in this place. The place looks a million bucks, which is handy, because it probably costs as much as that to put all that stuff in. And uh, my daughter's in there now, so she's all happy, and it's just a case of let's finish the job and get away from it so that I never have to pick up a screwdriver or a hammer for at least a couple of weeks. Oh, fingers crossed for that. Right, well, Colin, what about yourself? Well, apart from being deafened at the moment by the, for the Twitch stream, um, let's see. Oh, I'm afraid to say I haven't been doing all that much apart from starting a new job. Um, been doing a lot of uh, mucking about with uh, a Top Shift. They had the latest Top Shift went out last week, which uh, covered, of course, the, the crashed alien vessel. That seemed to go down quite well. At the moment, I, uh, thanks to a generous donation um, from some some person, um, I now have a upgraded graphics card, which took a little bit of effort to get in, um, but it is now working smoothly. I have a uh, much better resolution, and I am now starting to work on the next um, what I call Oculus Thrift set of top shifts, where. Um, I, I just use the Google Cardboard, or rather, I just I use a, a phone and a, and a headset to try and emulate what uh, Oculus and uh, the Vive do. And um, normally, I use the Trinus software, but a competitor has risen lately to Trinus, and I thought I'd compare the two. Does this competitor have a name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot here. You are putting me on the spot because I didn't have all my notes ready. Thanks a bunch. That's <laughs> not as if you didn't know it was coming. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, in that case then, how about Reinhardt? I've not seen... Well, I, I've seen you lurking around, I think, at Gamescom, but I didn't... You know, obviously, I wasn't there. I just saw you around. Um, so <laughs> what, what have you been up to? Well, I in was, fact, uh, in fact, what was Gamescom like for you? Um, this time it was uh, a lot of work, as I was uh, uh, something like a late addition to the to the Frontier crew. Uh, they asked me a few weeks before, and I uh, had trouble to organize the days off uh, and get everything done. So um, I, I don't know if you've seen the uh, the stand at the at Gamescom this year. So mainly it was about mm -hmm. streaming, about uh, Elite, of course, 2.2, uh, 
and Planet Coaster. And uh, for the people who want to play a bit, uh, there were three Xboxes to each side of the big screen. And I took care of the visitors who uh, who tried, who wanted to get a bit of uh, elite feeling. So uh, I was walking from side to side to side <laughs> all the days. So that, that's what I did and what I've seen from Gamescom this year. <laughs> so you didn't have much chance then, or were you, did you get any chance to interact with oh, Chief Beef and people like that? Oh, um, uh, no, 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 no. Oh, not over the day, but of course, uh, I, I guess you remember uh, over the over the nights, of course, when, uh, when uh, with, with the Frontier guys, you were going out and all the uh, uh, for dinner and all the uh, streamers that were there for for Planet Coaster. Uh, I guess you've mm -hmm. seen them. Um, we yeah, are going yeah, hashtag uh, having dinner. And... No, hashtag red lipstick, that's it. <laughs> yes, yes, Michelle. Yes. <laughs> <coughs> Great people, and yeah. uh, we had a lot of fun, uh, laughed a lot, and of course I've uh, I've met Bo there, uh, mm -hmm. the latest addition to the uh, community management team, wonderful lady. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you've seen her in, in a few of the biscuit streams uh, from I've Ed seen already. Her in a couple. Yeah, she uh, she managed to make Ed look tall. <laughs> That's why she was hired. <laughs> no, she, no, no, she's really great. Yeah. Really lovely. So, are you so, telling so me we've now got two fiery hobbits? Yep, definitely. Um, uh, they get what, along. What, does Bo have hairy toes too? <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> So, so we, did, we had a great time uh, at the nights, of course, and uh, well, was a lot of work over the days, but the, but the nights were, were great. And of course, when you have a chance uh, to to help the the frontier guys, you you do it. You, oh, yeah. you know them, of course. Yeah, I mean they're all, they're awesome, awesome guys. They, they are so, so wonderful, nice. and they are so yeah. dedicated and nice. No question. No. <laughs> Silly question that I've actually I was wondering about was. Chief Beef and so on, Frontier staffers hidden away under there, or did they get people in to wear the costumes? I think they have hired one uh, person for one of the costumes, and Chief Beef was one of the Planet Coaster fans, if I remember co correctly. Don't, okay. So don't don't, don't name me on that. that. Yeah, I, I think one one was hired for the show and one was a fan, as far as I remember. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to be a hell of a fan to be spend the whole, you know, spend the whole weekend dressed up in a foam costume. But okay, yeah. <laughs> I think be, I think it's the kind of thing I could see. Well, we already know that we need to get Ed and Ed wearing his Buzz Lightyear outfit and things like that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah. Buzz Lightyear or Buck Rogers or something like that. <laughs> With Buck Rogers small as well. Mm. <laughs> right, well, Colin, have, I don't know. Colin, have you found out what that thing was yet? Yes, it's Rift Cat. It's, a, it's a new, um, it's a new streaming thing. Both Rift Cat and Trinus are now using the Steam VR API, and I'm going to be doing a side by side. Oh, and by the way, if Zach is listening, good night. <laughs> Sleep yeah, tight. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
No, I will behave myself and not give Paul Zach any nightmares. <laughs> I'm just watching Stephen Usher showing up in what I think is a Type 7. He seems to be just landing behind me. Um, right, well, yes, yeah, so would you like to give us any impressions of Rift Cats? Or do you want to save it and let yourself develop a proper... Few oh, like, of them first. Like I said, I've just downloaded the software and I'm going to be doing a side by side comparison in the near future. So uh, that's going to be probably in the next top shift or so. So, yeah, well, I'm... I, I'm looking forward to that because, yeah, I've, I've got Trinus and I don't use it as often as I should do, uh, but I do really like it. So I'll be interested to see what the Shrift Cat's like as well. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, uh, tune in for the next top shift. <laughs> I, I am looking forward to it. Right, well, Midden, then, what about yourself, good sir? I think we we last natted away at LaveCon where you were wearing a furry woolen beard. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, we stayed up quite late down at LaveCon. A wee bit late, yes. Um, <laughs> was it early? <laughs> oh, I think, well, it was early for Mr. Brooks. Yeah, I was there through with Dave and Michael Aye. right through to the sun rising and the birds flying into the reception area. It was quite uh, quite delightful. into the reception area. Yeah, it gave it gave the staff something to do. Try to chase okay. them out. I, I I'm glad I think that I was asleep for that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was our signal to head off to bed <laughs> for yeah. a couple of hours. So, what have you been up to since then, then buddy? Since then, um, I've been uh, trying to make the most of uh, gardening leave, as um, I'm currently job hunting, uh-huh. um, having uh, had redundancy laid on me at uh, work. But, uh, try to, try to Is this a happy thing or a, or a bad thing? Well, it'll be a happy thing if I can find a new job. Aye, that no. way. Um, but meanwhile, it's given me a bit of time to play the game. So <laughs> I've hang, on, hang on, you're meant to be looking engineers. for a new job, not playing the game. <laughs> well, uh, you have to lick your wounds, don't you? And um, console yourself with some elite dangerous when you've not had time to play much. Mm-hmm. So um, I fancy myself as a bit of a planetary explorer. And now after uh, visiting an engineer, I'm, I think I might become an engineer hunter and an assassinator. Okay. Do my, do my head in in-game. Yeah, it would be good if we could kill, kill the engineers eventually. That'd be... Yeah. I think they deserve it, really, for some of the things they send us on. Quite true. Uh, certainly a merry chase. But yes. um, these uh, community goals that came up have uh, provided me with uh, a massive boost <laughs> to my okay. in-game earnings as I managed to scoop over 200 million in the Imperial Warship community goal. Aye. It's, uh, it's great because my second commander is now about five times richer than my Kickstarter commander. <laughs> <laughs> I have not gone for my my way of getting the the second commander slot. I, I can't, I'm mildly refusing to do that. Yeah, um, I, I found I had to, though. Um, there's so many interesting things goes on with the community when you're playing in the bubble. And if there you is. commander out uh, exploring, the thought of coming back, doing a 30,000 light year journey, is I just can't do it, so I'm just going to stay out there, I, possibly no, forever. No, I can, I can definitely relate to that, being out at Jack's at the moment, and I don't really want to leave Jax because I still have a feeling something's going to happen here. But oh. I also feel like I want to be in the bubble and I'm missing stuff. Yeah. So if only there was some instant way for me to get from Jax to the bubble. 
Oh, don't mind. Don't mention oh. instant. Yeah, maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's what you could do. Sell, sell you, you know, pretend and hide in your ship and then do an instant transfer. I don't see why not. I mean, how how are they going to know? Yeah, you know, especially. Well, we don't know how it's going to happen yet. But you know, why can't I smuggle away, smuggle myself away on this great big ship that I want to take us around the place? You know, I'll, I'll attach a remlock or something like that, and then five minutes later, I've got tons tons of room in my remlock. I can come out and I'll be at leave. Yeah, you can probably just download yourself into the computer. <laughs> and then just get reincarnated. I'm sure that's possible. I think I think that's yeah. a certain other space game you're talking about there, where you get reincarnated. <laughs> 3D print yourself I, an I extra limb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 3D print. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I too hope that something happens out at Jack's station because that's as far as I could make it. Um, I was out out near the core, as exploding neutron fields, and then um, almost like a challenge. I thought I'm going to try and get into that. Uh, Jack's community goal. Right, well, the exploring one. Yep. Um, yeah. So I teamed up with one of the moderators from the forum, Aye. and he was at he, he was at Jack's at the time. He was encouraging me in. I did it in open. He mm-hmm. uh, he waited for me outside the station, giving me uh, updates and wh- if there's other commanders there, if it looked dangerous. Uh, checking <coughs> as the clock counted down, and it was literally minutes away from this thing closing. And it turned oh, out as wow. I docked, it closed. I was in the station as the community goal ended. Oh no! And did you actually find did out. you get it? Nope. I was oh, just. Oh no! I could have been ten seconds from it. Oh, oh, that's. I wasn't. Yeah, that, that's quite painful. Oh, yeah, I bet you weren't. I oh, you still got to sort sell it. Yeah, I just sent a message to Frontier Help and just saying I Aye. bet Ed, Ed Lewis was sitting watching, <laughs> giggling. Hit, hit the stop button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, doesn't it? It doesn't it tick over at uh, like say eleven o'clock or something like that, say. Um, well, it was the fact that it closed early, so it wasn't the time. It was of course, yes. It was someone someone delivered before me. Yep, and I know with these, but there does seem to be usually be a bit of a grace period if you're already signed up. Well, I wasn't. <laughs> so I hadn't prob- been in the yeah. station in a long time, so. I couldn't sign up to it. <laughs> Did you hand in your data at least to Jacks, or are you still holding oh, no. it? Oh gonna... no, I'm keeping. I'm keeping all that. So you're going to hang on to it and hand it into Hutton Orbital or Lave or something like that when you return yeah, to civilization absolutely. eventually. I'll sell it to the highest bidder. <laughs> oh, Grant might maybe Grant will give you some Centauri Magazine or something like that. Um, no. We've yeah, only I'm got not, Brandy, I, I believe. I don't think I'll fly to Hutton Orbital with it. It'll be a case of let's offload <laughs> this as fast as possible. And for some reason, I was made the um, ambassador of what was it, the Lumen Sixteen? Maybe I'd better turn it in there. Sorry, you were made. Why were you made the ambassador of Lumen Sixteen? Uh, it might have been a comment I put on Facebook um, right. in the Heart and Orbital group. Okay. And uh, I think I might have been saying, "Can we get rid of it, please? This is a, <laughs> it's a rubbish system." And did a so pie. Congratulations, you're now ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> With your own Sweet. office. <laughs> that is the Hutton way. Oh, cubicle three. Yep. No, it's just bad. It's slow. Does Lumen 16 have its own cubicle three? No, but it could be arranged. I bet it can. We just get, get sign move to, to head off there for a few nights. A couple of curries and they'll be sorted. Hi. 
Right, well, after curries, I think we should maybe move on to the newsletter of this week, which won't take very long unless there's something that you guys want to talk about in it. Except aliens. Uh, well, we had yeah, we had aliens, but we covered that last week. Yeah, but it, 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 what do you reckon the wee sort of funny little centery part looks like? I mean, is that like going to, we're looking at some kind of strange comet shape? Uh, I know there's been someone that's been reconstructing it, but it's going to be pretty spectacular when we see them, isn't it? It's going to be ah, boom, oh. <laughs> yeah. You mean in that half second we're going to get to see them before they kill us? That's the one. I think I've seen the object in Skyrim. I'm sure. I'm sure it's one of the dwarf palaces. Oh, I'm thinking of the wrong game, aren't I? Yeah, wrong season, um, wrong yeah. species, uh, wrong, <laughs> wrong genre as well. Just wrong everything. Yeah, just wrong. Just wrong. Yeah, it's it's certainly. It looks like it's a little bit oct um, octagonal, oc- octagonal even. It does. Um, it does, doesn't it? But then eight. again, it 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 has it has wings. Um, although, well, I think we... somebody was talking that he thought that it looked like it might be a bit of a walker. Yes, well, that was discussed last week. Um, mm. That it looked it could be uh, the wings could fold down to become the landing gear and things like that. We um, don't know. I I do have a sneaking suspicion from what I've seen so far of the the Gamescom uh, footage. Yeah. We do know that particular section in the middle it spins round probably simulating gravity mm-hmm. a bit like the way that the old Thargoids motherships used to spin round as as well <laughs> we always fought them mm-hmm. so I reckon that is the equivalent of the, the star the, the mothership with uh, the wings underneath which would probably spin round the other way and really make your eyes hurt we all have to wait and see yeah it's, it's going to be interesting I think when we eventually see these things doing their thing they're not all that big, though, are they? They're well, about the size of the anaconda, aren't they, Colin? Well, but the actual sec- the main centre section itself, you could actually have two asps sat next to each other, and that would fill it up. Mm-hmm. If you see what I mean. That's However, pretty big, then. it is that is pretty big for for just this main centre mm-hmm. section. So the other bit is quite big, but then again, it has been. Everybody's of the opinion that this is actually just a scout ship. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think anyone's identified anything that might look like a weapon or a hard point. But then again, you know, with our ships, we have a hard point retracted, and you can't even see that. So. Oh, so that could be eight hard points in that central part. <laughs> yeah, that central part is actually one GBFO gun. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's just a hard one hard point. That's it. Just. <laughs> <laughs> it's the space Dyson. <laughs> it comes with many attachments. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it sucked. No, it doesn't. It's pretty, it looks pretty good. I mean, the funny thing is, you know, obviously the, the ships when they crash don't look as nice as when they're in one piece. So uh, it's kind of exciting to see it in situ. Um, it's kind of the, the kind of thing that you hope appears in a system that you're not first to meet it. You know, because mm-hmm. no one's going to believe you, and it's going to cost you an awful lot of money because you're going to crash into something. Well, something's going to crash into you. Lots of big missiles in a gigantic space vacuum. Don't, weren't the Thargoids, didn't they have beam weapons and things? Oh, yes. 
They, they didn't just rely on their, their drones. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was... Uh, yeah, we had, uh, we had the thog, Thoglets. You see, the thing is, I never played against the Thargoids or fought against the Thargoids in Frontier... Uh, what was it? Frontier 2, First Encounters. Aye. I never, I never actually came across that ship. I never got that far in because it was that buggy. I just followed it from everyone else's point of view. But, I mean, that means I haven't fought a, Thar- a Thargoid ship since 84 or 85, so it's going to be a bit of a shocker. It is going to be a bit of a shocker. I, I've, thought, I've fought them in Oolite, but obviously that doesn't really count. No. No, not really. But, you know, I, I'm... It's going to be interesting when this comes around, but I guess we might be talking about this later on if we get if we get that far into the future. Yep. Of course, we're assuming that they're Thargoids. Well, we are assuming... I'm pretty damn certain that this this is from the Thargoids. I'm not convinced that the Unknown Artifacts or the Barnacles are necessarily Thargoids, but this is too similar to the Thargoids in 84 and... Uh, frontier, so I I think this is, but could be wrong. Could definitely be wrong. My my theory is that crashed um, thing is a giant tin opener, <laughs> and the Thargoids. Okay. It's just a tool. It's not even a scout. It's mm-hmm. it's very insignificant. It's a tool that will open up our ships. So there's something even bigger out there. Yeah, as if I weren't scared enough already. Thank you very much. <laughs> Michael Brooks did say a while ago, explorers you know beware. There's Don't nothing. Can you imagine the soundscape that they'd have for your ship being opened by a gigantic space can opener? Or you arrive at your destination and you see the station with a gigantic space can opener slowly cutting into the top <laughs> surface of it and you just go, yeah, and come back later. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm more picturing. Actually, you know what it could be. You know what's in? So coming out of that middle bit, there's a gigantic corkscrew. Yep. And so it's it's a it's a bottle opener, right? A corkscrew comes out, unscrews itself into your ship, and then the wings are like the wings of the of a, of like a, a semi snobby corkscrew's arms that you pull down that retracts the corkscrew, and when you retract the corkscrew, it pulls you out of your ship. Are you accusing Frontier of putting in frivolous content to advertise their new merchandise? (laughs) (laughs) The the Thargoid bottle opener. (laughs) This has to become a thing. That'll sell. I want one! (laughs) I want one! (laughs) Ed, please give us the Thargoid bottle opener. (laughs) Yes, we, we want Thargoid bottle openers. In... Well, now that you have mentioned it, it could be a gigantic biscuit. Um, the wings it could be a ju- yes. just the wrap-up to keep it fresh. Huh? Yeah, so the wings could be the wrappers to keep it fresh, yeah. Huh? That could work for me. Yeah, I, I... In the newsletter, I don't think there's any coincidence Did... that Ed's photo and the alien photo are next to each other. <laughs> Did you guys not eat your dinner or something? <laughs> <laughs> what liquid ref- liquid refreshment? Yeah. I have to. Ed is looking awfully handsome and very shiny in that in that photo. 
Fairy denim. <laughs> it's a bit, a bit like an 80s porn star, actually, isn't he? With the smouldering look. The, the smouldering look, the, 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 the slight beardy moustache thing going on. I think it he looks like... more like a country singer. <laughs> Just needs Sandro's hat. <laughs> uh, he, could, he could have Sandy's hat and become a country singer. Team up with Shania Twain and we could see who's taller. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> <Are you> yet. <laughs> um, like, is there anything else in the newsletter that anyone's wanting to talk to before I say bad things about anything else tonight on this? Oh, just go on. <laughs> just well, have a good I, laugh. You know, there was just, something you know, mentioned in it about a, a grand system hunt, but I never, I never read into it. It was the Order of the Shadow. Ah, that's yes, that's. Um, oh, I've lost it now. Where is it? I know the guy. Yes, that's something that I know. One of the guys who's out. He's one of the commanders out in Jacks. His faction are basically. I want to say sponsoring. They're giving away prizes for people who find nice systems for for their faction. Um. So, and they've gone off, and yeah, they extended it by a few weeks, seeing as we've got nothing better to do, basically, out in Jacks. Um, and they, if I remember correctly, they're looking for a system which has got a. So it's got a system that's got an Earth like world, a water world, and a world with an icy ring. So one system with all these things in it. And obviously, if you find one of these systems and submit them to the guys then I believe they're giving away paint packs and things like that as a as a thank you and incentive incentive to people to come and help help them out. Which is kinda of cool. And what do they want to achieve with it? If I remember correctly, it's either gonna be a pure role playing thing and they're just gonna say, This place is ours now or I guess if they can if they can somehow do it, then they might want to get a little planetary base set up there and things like that. So they are so they are hoping that that Chucks, uh, will uh, extend his faction soon, with uh, with new new bases and stations and so on. That's the kind of thing they're saying. Yeah. The, uh, the, okay. There's a link to it in the oh in ah, the yes. newsletter, and we actually linked to it a couple of weeks ago when when Infernal Jawa mentioned it to me originally. But he's he's managed to get into the newsletter now, so hopefully that's going to get some some press coming their way because it is you know it's pretty decent prizes. I'm not going to say no to an to a couple of paint packs or whatever. Uh, but unfortunately, in all my exploring round, Jacks, I've not actually found anything that's meet their requirements. Um, but... I know I've found a few Earth likes on the way, but I don't remember when I found the last one. Yeah, I I know they wanted to be closest to Jax as well, but closest is a, is a relative term, I suppose. Um. <coughs> oh yes, <laughs> but in the okay, well, in the post, it's been within one thousand light years of yep. Jax. Okay, yeah. 
I'm just noticing. Data so, is sold anyway. Some of the comments regarding the alien ships are, well, I don't know what we're worrying about what's crash. We should be more concerned about what made that something crash. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The no, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Hmm. It's probably Do too you much mean giants. the unknown probes? Maybe they can also reset these things. Remember the video when when someone scanned one of these unknown probes and it yes. just uh, rebooted uh, the ship. So, so maybe, maybe the unknown probe can reboot the Thargoid ships. This one, who knows? Possibly makes sense. The trick there is you, you're going to have to make that Thargoid ship stop and scan the unknown probe rather than just killing you. <laughs> yeah, excuse me, could you hold this for a second, please, Governor? <laughs> Does anyone speak Thargoid? <laughs> what, How what, do you say what? we welcome you, our Thargoid overlords? <laughs> <laughs> yes. click, click, so basically click, click. you're going to answer this Thargoid in a thick Scottish accent. Well, that's really going to work out well, isn't it? <laughs> See you, Eleven. <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> no, we're not going to go there. Right, well, does anybody else have anything that they're wanting to say about the newsletter? And I'm going to guess that's as a no. So, Mr. Grant, would you mind taking us on to an advert break for a couple of minutes? Yeah, not a problem at all. We should go and... for one of your favourites. Oh, because fish? <laughs> no. <laughs> but here we go, we'll be back after this short message. Hey, buddy, why the long face? Exploring is boring! What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store! And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa, sounds like you've got a case of space madness. No what you really need is really big gas tank. What? With really big gas tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort. No more hanging out at every stupid store just to refuel. It's as easy as honk and go. Gotta get the Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go. Want to be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go. And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonium 5000, you can honk and go, go, go. Gee, thanks, mister. No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can honk and go? Jumbonium 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, pipism, and spontaneous target face. Use only as direct. I could murder a cup of tea. Yorkshire gold, if you have it. Double Yorkshire gold. <laughs> and if you don't have it, you're dead. Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. I spend so much time in my Imperial Trader, I find it really hard to meet people. I mean... When do you get the time to go to bars when you're taking on courier jobs for the military? But with VenusDating.com, it was so simple. I just put in my personal details and they found me my perfect match. I really thought it would be difficult, but Venus Dating made it so simple, with so much in common. 
We both like movies, walking along the beach at sunset, browsing imperial shipyards, and of course, since we started dating, we've discovered that we both really love <laughs> shooting thargoids. Let your voyage begin with venusdating.com for every first encounter. Have you been missold PPI? Python Protection Insurance was missold if you didn't want it, ask for it, or need it. I was missold Python Protection Insurance and I got a claim worth 3,000 credits. At Cowell and McGrath, we are ready to pursue claims for pilots who were sold PPI, even though they didn't have an escape pod. When my partnership was destroyed, the insurance became invalid. I settled out of court for enough credits to restart my narcotics and weapons shipping business. Millions have been missold Python protection insurance they can never claim, simply because they don't have an escape pod. Why should you pay for not reading the small print? My husband was missold PPI. As a result of our claim, we now own Jupiter. Cowell and McGrath, turning your carelessness into profitable lawsuits. And we're back. So the whole reason why we've got Abacus and Midden on this evening is to help us talk about some of the new features that came up in 2.2. And we can then maybe go and do some speculation on what we're going to see in 2.3, 2.4, and possibly even uh, Season 3, whenever that shows up. But the main features of 2.2, as we've covered briefly a few times, I guess, now, where the ship launch fighters, passenger missions, and VIP missions. We can recruit NPC crew, which is mainly going to be fighters at the moment, and a load of tourism hotspots. Uh, we've also got a whole load of quality life insurance. Quality life insurance? Thank you very much, Fallon McGrath! <laughs> <laughs> also a whole load of quality life improvements. Um, my favourite is probably going to be the improvements to this to the system map, but there are a bunch of other things that we're going to be seeing as well. But I guess I'll start with yourself, Midden. What is there anything in particular that you're really looking forward to? First of all, um, I do think I'm going to enjoy the the ship based fighters just because that's mm -hmm. going to be a, a fun change to jump into uh, and shoot things up. Right, so, I mean, are you not worried that your ship-based your ship -based fighter, let's say you've got an anaconda at the moment with, what, 300-odd tons of storage space, you went off and lost 30-odd tons of space for your, for your SRV, you're going to lose maybe another 30, 40, maybe even 60 tons of space for your ship are you not worried that it might become a wee bit of a compromise too far um well it's all in the name of gameplay isn't it aye and gameplay for me tends to be uh, uh very slowly moving and not doing very much <laughs> so this so you're so in this... a type 9 not an anaconda <laughs> oh, i can't even afford a type 9 or an anaconda that's that's just a pipe dream um but I'm sure there'll be a few things just to jump into um, where it won't be it won't be anything to do with hauling goods. Because for me, if I'm if I'm trading uh, cargo around, I'm probably not going to bother too much about the defensive ships in this unless that really is um, beneficial. Because I, I tend to run <laughs> rather than fight. Uh, 
I've learned the hard way with that one. Yeah, I, I've kind of run as well, but you know, I guess there's. I like the idea of the ship launch fighters maybe keeping, keeping you or keeping the opposition honest, whilst you try and make a break for it or anything like that. Um, and obviously, they'll have their own fighters as well, possibly potentially. Yeah, I mean, it might be that uh, you jumping into your your little fighter allows your main ship to get away. Aye. And uh, with the next update, that might be the only viable solution to survive. If the AI gets another boost, um, I can see it being uh, the only tactic you've got is give up some hold space to defend yourself because you're not going to make it otherwise. How would you feel if they basically became a prerequisite, shall we say, for for traders? Um, again, probably... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be quite happy with it to be honest, just because I've not had that much time um, flying some of these big ships. Um, I have tried a bit the the trading and flying them in like Sabita and so on, but it's not really my cup of tea. Going back and forth, doing a whole load of grind. I like uh, like the variety, I like more varied gameplay. So um, for me, it does add a bit more interest to the game, uh, and perhaps it's it's. The way that they would um, code this is it'll be maybe a requirement for certain ships and not perhaps for all of these big ones. It's a difficult one to say. And they just had to mix all these engineer upgrades and there's so much um, variety coming in. I really struggle to see how they're going to manage to balance everything. Oh, I think we all know that very carefully is the answer, although it's also... Never please everybody either, I guess. I can see it all being quite fluid. <laughs> never, never ever reaching equilibrium. One way of putting it. What about yourself, Reinhardt? I mean, are you more of a trader or what kind of role do you normally play? Oh, I, I try to uh, to to get a little uh, bit of bit of everything. So I'm jumping from uh, from role to role uh, to to. Uh, to uh, enjoy each uh, each part of Elite. So at the moment, at the moment, I'm at Shucks, of course. So mainly exploring. When I get back, I hope I get can get some uh, time to for the engineers finally. So I, I enjoy nearly everything, especially uh, what you can do in some sort of uh, co-op play. So I've 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 tried with with Koresh a lot of times. Uh, for example, mining. What you can do with exploring. Uh, does it make sense to uh, uh, to do this cooperatively? So, uh, uh, how does it add? Or uh, like exploring at the moment, it's not very useful uh, to do this uh, in a wing. For example, mining works uh, works great. Of course, combat is uh, the primary thing. So I'm, I enjoy um, every part of of elite and. When uh, when I've done some uh, enough of something, I'll just do something else. I mean, are you one of these players who really optimizes your ship so that? Oh uh, no, you know, no no uh, you're, <laughs> no! You're more no. of a generalist like me then. Yes, uh, I I try to get to get a fleet ready for uh, for each type of type of role, but I'm mm -hmm. I'm far far away from it. 
So I have a mining ship ready and uh, a combat vulture, but but a, a lot is still missing to to really have a ship ready for each kind of uh, of mission, so to say. So yeah. I, I really like that the uh, the the passenger missions will bring more life uh, to uh, to the game because now the uh, these uh, luxury liners uh, uh, make sense, you know. Like the orca and the bigger one. So, <laughs> sorry, so really I've nice just got a, I've just gotten caught, Commander Stephen Usher, on the nose of my anaconda as he's just jumping onto me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to jump Grant, in because yeah, I was going to jump in because you're too busy giggling um, with your childish pranks. Honestly, how old are you? Twelve. And a quarter. Um, I was going to join you with Reinhardt because the passenger missions are something that can, again, add a new element to the game. It depends how well they implement it. And I don't mean that as in if they do it badly or poorly. It's just how far they can implement it into the game. Because what you want to find is people out there doing these missions as well. NPCs. And you want to have missions that are maybe to go and shake up a particular passenger mission. Maybe give them a couple of warning shots as a warning for something that they're on their way to. You know, to get the inter uh, interrupting this this particular passenger. They're heading in the Beluga class to this particular system where they're going to be involved in diplomatic talks so we don't want them to get there and you've got to go and take it out that, that's the kind of other side yeah, of the yeah, passion yeah, I, mission. I, 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 I hope they, uh, they, they will add missions that are different from what we know for the n normal cargo already so it, it has to add a different flavour so I, I think that's what you mean So I, I, but, I, but I think they have uh, thought about a lot of things uh, I, I don't know if you've have, uh, if you've uh, seen the streams. So, for example, they are thinking about uh, special needs of the passengers uh, that uh, you you can add bon you can do bonus missions for the passengers uh, and uh, get extra money for it. For example, when uh, when one of your uh, VIPs wants. Uh, some booze or uh, wants to visit uh, a certain system or a combat zone to make some pictures, uh, things like that, you know. So uh, this could add a lot of flavor. Hey, so th mate, these were the examples mate. I think they've showed. Do you know anywhere you can uh, meet some friendly women? <laughs> <laughs> that would be an option too. <laughs> <laughs> they'll have the new the pleasure system or the red light districts <laughs> welcome uh, to the pleasure dome <laughs> well, being mildly serious actually for a second that you know I guess all of us have seen the art book haven't we and of course. You know, at the back of the art book you've got some very no no red light district areas but some very dubious areas that we see that it looks like they're expecting us to be able to drive to walk around and interact in and i'm yeah i like that reminder that we're not living and working in star trek yes it's a it's it's a different setting yeah Definitely, I mean, this um, is... and, and and it has to be because it would be pretty boring if you just copy paste it from something well known. Mm. 
and it's it's closer, I guess, to you know to to Star Wars with some of its dirtiness. Because yes. um, you know we we know that Jabba the Hutt's you know yeah okay he might have been a giant slug but he certainly <laughs> seemed to like his he certainly seemed to like his woman. Oh yes. Um, yep. <laughs> And has interesting missions and so on. <laughs> and frogs. I just don't think we're going to get out. All right, you need you need a beluga class uh, ship for this mission. You're uh, heading off to pick up Jabba and take him. We've got to go and get the giant slug. He's got to get to the loose women show in Seoul. Um... <laughs> got a ferry Jabba around. You're going to need an engineer upgrade for that one. Yeah, the adapted passenger cabin. Oh, dear me. Engineered cabins. <laughs> oh, we know that we're not getting engineered cabins yet, but you know why not? You know, we could. Why not? Well, we could. You know, no reason why we couldn't have a. Oh, have cabins that can take additional atmospheres and things like that. Yeah, like ammonia. Ammonia, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder how you yeah. thought about that. <laughs> I, 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 I can't. I can't think. I mean, you know, a nice ammonian la- um, atmosphere. You know, maybe able to down about minus, I don't know, call it minus 100, and 100 minus 200 Celsius. Yep. It's for Seems... carrying those baby tin openers. <laughs> yes. For, for a wellness weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all just, it's all just for the, oh, that, oh, that thing that your son's doing at the moment, Grant's um, work placement. Yeah, work experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all work. It's all work experience stuff. Um, have you got any? You, you mentioned the passenger missions. Uh, have you got any other favourite bits and bats that you're you're looking forward to, Abacus? Oh, I, I, I look. I look forward to try everything, of course, because I'm, I'm lagging <laughs> yeah, behind on. all the put, time. Put your name on something. <sighs> Uh, I, I, I like the, the, the quality of life uh, improvement, especially the one uh, with, the, with, with the ship transfer. Ooh, so yeah, when, when you move to another system, you, you, can, you can just uh, get one of your ships uh, here and uh, get a mission done or something else done. Or when, when you move your, to a new home system, you don't have to manually fly every one of your ships to the new system. So, so, so Aiden... Um, yep. Aiden? Yes. Whatever. Aiden, Abacus, yeah. whatever. Yeah. If if I were say, I don't know, trading in my type nine <laughs> and and I, I, I saw a war zone, is there yeah. anything I'd be able yeah, to yeah, do about yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice <laughs> if you just <laughs> if could only get your, there was some way. To get your combat ship there. <laughs> <laughs> to take part. <laughs> That would be great, but, wouldn't like, it? Like my vault, like my vault here, you mean? Yeah, yeah. For example, great, great idea. Yeah, great not, example. Yeah. Glad you thought about that. <laughs> Sorry, in jokes, but well, yeah, in, in jokes for anyone who's watched the stream. Um, right. Okay. So going on to the slightly controversial thing, then. I mean, obviously, at the moment, we know that Sandy's on about it being instant. Uh, obviously, it's going to cost us money and things like that. But do you have any feelings on that? Uh, you mean how much how much money it will cost? Oh, or... do you, on on the time span it will take. 
uh, it's instantaneous uh, as far as I know. We know it's instant. Well, as far as we know at the moment, it's instant. But that instantaneous, they have. But it's also been a little bit controversial, shall we say, about it being instantaneous. And some people seem to not want it to be quite so quick. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. Are you happy with that, or where, uh, why do you, you think? You know, for 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 a fluid gameplay, it it's better for for the believability of the background. Well, you know, it it would make sense if it takes some time, uh, um, especially when when the other ship is far away until it arrives. Uh, but you know, would it be more fun? I think that that's the question they have asked, uh, and so they are going with instantaneous, so they can just uh, get get your other ship and fly fly away. Keep keep flying. Keep, keep flying and not and not plan it advance for for hours on, until it arrives and then come back. So I think this this is one of the examples where they say uh, that. Uh, Playability trumps uh, uh, realism. And what about yourself, Midden? Um, I do like the idea of the ship transfer, and I think many people do. It's a long desired feature. Oh. I am a bit concerned, however, just about the whole instant side, and it's it's more the problems it poses. Um, I'm not overly concerned so about what, what kind of problems would that be then. Well, it just it just seems to give a hell of an advantage and a jump on those that have got and those against those that don't. Um, those have sorry, those have got what? What do you mean? Well, those that have got their um, powerful ships and their engineer upgrades and you know something mm-hmm. something is is occurring and they're able just to basically come in and overpower everything if they can get in there quick enough. And so a bit, a bit like oh, I think was it Niatra who had his seriously over-engineered but very, very short-legged um, Federal Corvette, which he basically uses to um, to protect the Paladin Consortium's home system. But he'd obviously be able to summon that out to Jax or something like that, I guess. If if it's possible to go that far, I'm not so sure they'll be too happy about people being able to summon their ships that sort of distance. Um, but I would be keen just to see how they, how they go about implementing it, um, what sort of limitations are going to be on it, because uh, it does have the the power to be incredibly over overbearing um, if it can't be controlled properly. Because I don't I don't really think that having sort of price limits. Um, will be a massive deterrent because those that have got this powerful stuff have also got lots of money um, I would have liked mm-hmm. to have seen some sort of um, time delay but I understand just how that can be problematic for the, the gameplay experience I just have to see how it goes and um, it, it, it's something you have to try yeah. yep, because it, it's, it's bad enough for me right now that I can't um, I haven't got the engineer upgrades, I haven't got the ships to be able to cope, and I don't like the idea of the rest of the universe marching on without me, and my little my little area that I can play in gets smaller and smaller. Unless I go around hunting for even more of those very lucrative community goals, um, yeah, it's just going to be interesting. 
and um, we're all going to have to wait to find out exactly how it's done. Hopefully there will be a bit of time in the beta that comes up that we can uh, batter it out and all go crying on the forums for a while. <laughs> the community <laughs> would never go crying on the forums. <laughs> never think not. about doing that kind of thing. No. And Grant, I don't think... Have you actually weighed in on this at all yet? And if you haven't, would you like to? <sighs> That's my answer, no. I think. <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, do you actually give a monkeys about instant ship transfer, or you? you just I've whatever? not. You know, I, I, it's one of those things. They've made the cost the prohibitive factor, and I think we've heard the arguments that if you add a delay, then you know. I think it was Chris Jarvis that suggests that you know anything that forces you to go and do something else for a couple of minutes out of the game is kind of daft, and I think. Obviously, we've got beta stage to see whether it is, and I know the concerns are very much a case of jumping into a souped-up asp, flying to the community goal uh, within four or five jumps, and then bringing a ship that's set up for combat to be a griefer uh, that couldn't make the journey on its own or would have taken so long that it would have been prohibitive for it to be involved, and then basically using that system to transfer it instantly and cause misery. Um, but to move those bigger combat but ships, France, yeah. Don't you think that would obviously that can work for the side of the angels as well? So well, surely yeah, wouldn't that be adding gameplay really? Well, I mean, it's no more griefing than currently griefing in the game, but it is a concern when you introduce a new feature that you're introducing another route of which it can be abused to a certain extent. And I'm not particularly f- worried about it because. I'm never going to get to another community goal in the entirety of my time in the game because it's going to take me that long <laughs> to get blown out to jacks. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, there's pros and cons and there are people that are going to abuse any game feature for their own uh, reasons and if their reasons are because they love to spoil other people's gameplay, then jump into private, you know? Jump into a private group, jump into solo, bypass them and leave them sitting there waiting for people that are never going to come. And then they'll get bored and move on. I mean, that's you know, that's the beauty, and I say that, and I mean it, is the beauty of the the choices of playing in solo and playing in a private group over the open mode. Yes, we all love playing in open because we love meeting new people and having a giggle, but that's what it's there for. When you meet someone who is determined to be a pain in the arse, bypass them, screw them, let them have their own fun on their own. You go and get done what you need to get done, and then get back on and you know back into open and play with people that are nice and that are fun to play with. And that's not directed at anyone in particular because there's griefers everywhere and there's people that just want to, Aye. you know, piss people off and you know sit there with their want to watch the world burn. Yeah, uh, yeah, they just yeah. get get off doing these things. But uh, what a shame. But yes, that is definitely something that needs to be considered because it could be introducing something that might damage the gameplay overall and that's obviously what we need to figure out in beta is is this a situation where I'm going to be able to fly to Hutton, bring my anaconda to it and then what happens when I try and undock my anaconda <laughs> you're going to wreck, the, well, wreck that, that's not going to be a problem because you don't have, Hutton doesn't have a shipyard does it? I think it no, doesn't it doesn't. 
No, no, I don't think it is. You wouldn't, but, wouldn't be able to get an ag- anaconda out of there anyway, because it's not well, actual land. But could you ship your anaconda there? And these are the sort of yeah. checks that sometimes you forget when you're programming in a feature like that. It's more about, right, That's that, that transfer's working. And I think it is to... Because it feels like it's being rushed. It feels like it's, we need to get this in now or it's not going to happen, rather yeah. than it... Let's think about it a little while. Let's try this and see how that goes. And if it doesn't work, we'll take it out. We'll put it back in later on. Because I think that there could be a, a timer based on the journey, you know, that could be implemented and it could be, you know, oh, that you then go off and do your missions. But yeah. does that encourage you just to go and log off? Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it just adds a bit of management to your game that you sit there and you arrive and you go, right, well, I'm going to run some data transfer missions until my ship arrives. And I think that's, again, that's a pro and it's also a con because if you arrive at a station as this feature's intended to be and you go to the mission bulletin board and there's the mission that you want and you're like, crap, it's a trade mission, I need to take 99 cargo, oh, my T9 would be ideal for this, right, I'll bring it over and you've got to wait 20 minutes and by the time it arrives there you've now lapsed the mission. The mission's gone. Yeah. yeah. So it's a case of do you accept the mission and maybe they could introduce something like request more time as a feature, depending well, on your faction standing. That would be quite interesting, too. Just, just an idea. Uh, the, um, it, it, it would be okay um, when you had something sensible to do. So maybe they could add a timer uh, when we could walk, walk around uh, on the stations and while waiting for the ship doing something uh, interesting. At the moment, so, uh, we can only just, fly around. But, will you just uh, let the women go? You're obsessed with doing these, you know, to <laughs> off down the pub, try to pick up birds while you wait for your big T9 yep. to be delivered. It's just, yeah, do you want to see my T9, love? It's, no, it's just it's like, it's like Danny and his German dungeon porn again, isn't it? <laughs> cool. Sorry, right. Well, I like the idea of um, this ship transfer. I like the idea of it actually happening and you believing that it's happening. If it's instant, there is no way that it can be considered ship transfer. And that's when it was getting talked about being 3D printing. But but the thing for me is how can you have 3D printing of these unique engineered modules? That bugs me as well. So I was thinking about it and why can it not be, if there's going to be 3D printing, the 3D printing can only be stock stuff. If you want your engineered Mm -hmm. thing, you're going to have to wait for it getting transferred. So you can have something now, but your actual engineered moduled ship is going to take X amount of time. And that'd be something I'd like to try in the beta to see if the, how does that work. People are playing. Well, another option would be uh, if the ship transfers would be limited to, for example, small and medium-sized ships. Ships. So you could say these ships are available at uh, every starport, uh, starport. A few of them. So so you get one of them uh, ready with your normal configuration. So that would explain the inst- uh, the instantaneous uh, transfer. Of course, uh, uh, engineered stuff uh, would be a problem, uh, but that that would be an idea too. Yeah. To make it more believable. Right, Colin, I believe you wanted to add something. Well, the one the only thing I wanted to to say about this was that, you know, if you want to put a delay in, everyone's saying that you know putting a delay in you might as well have to make it consistent and put a delay in when you get when you have to eject because it's the same kind of thing 
if you if you had this kind of delay thing when you your ship got destroyed and say everybody insisted that oh you've got to wait for your escape capsule to go all the way back to wherever you were last then you <laughs> then you just leave the game and that's i think that's the same issue that that's why it has to be instant now i do think it does need another restriction on it not just cost i'm i'm I think I'm firmly coming into the camp where um, the ship itself has to get there, so it's got to have a, a jump drive big enough and a fuel scoop big enough in order to make the make the trip. But um, I think in but this then case, the, why ins would, the instant why, thing that is there for gameplay. Otherwise, mm-hmm. what's the point of having it? It's it's just it's just missed opportunity for gameplay. I mean, I've, I I kind of agree with you about the your ship has to be able to get there but i think when sandy was on our stream he mentioned that you know either either the 3d printing or going into a very large ship which transports transports you instantly being the in-game law way of take of it so assuming your your ship can get and dock on the other ship why should it really matter if your ship's only got a two light year range? Well, yeah, that was, that's going back to the point to try and reassure people about the fact that they don't want this, the, this, these corvettes turning up uh, with basically bristling mm-hmm. with guns and a tiny jump range and no fuel right. scoop, which means that it wouldn't have got there in the first place. Now, <laughs> you could say, I mean, I hate the 3D printing idea. I, re- I really do. I, uh, I feel because the, the 3D there are too many holes idea. that have been put put opened up in the law for that has been just yeah. horrendous. Um, I don't like but, it because this is my ship and that's my dirty underwear on my cabin. Damn it! Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that's what I don't like about it. It's like you know, I left that ru- I left that orange peel in yeah. my bin when I was last in my in my vulture, and mm-hmm. why is it still here? Yeah, I and mean, as people have said, if you're going to be able to transfer ships, and you've got a lot of them, how on uh, earth can you differentiate if we can't name our ships and actually feel they're believable? Well, that that I'd love as well. Yes, I mean, I want to be able to to give a ship a wee name and things like that. And could you, you hmm. could have three different vulture setups. And you look in the menu. How are you going to tell which is which? You're not going to remember where you've left them. Well, you got the shipyard to remind you, haven't you? Well, I have to tell you something about it, though. How's it going yeah. to differentiate for you? Yeah, how do you say this is my missile vulture versus this is my beam laser vulture or whatever? Yep, this is this is my uh, noob gank ship, and, and this is my um, win-all... Um, <laughs> this is my eye-win ...combat ship. Yeah, but you've got you've got your load out there in the, on the shipyard. You can see what, what your ship build is when you actually look at the ship. There's still a lot of. It seems a lot of faffing around to if you if you have to go into the details to identify which ship it is. Um, no, naming, no. naming wouldn't be enough for that. I, th- I think no. you you need something like uh, putting a little uh, note uh, on each ship that would display when you go through the uh, through the stored ships uh, at, at at the top. Above the above the uh, the loadout, so where we can have some uh, just some words that describe. Okay, I've made this for this and this and this. 
so you can flick through your uh, your ships uh, quickly to find the one uh, you want. It would be yeah, only I'll... a bit of text, so nothing special. Yeah, so 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 just do it. Just give us give us a wee bit of names and descriptions and things like that. That'd be I like that idea. Yeah, I say roll on the beta and let us thrash it out. Mm. Something we'll actually enjoy. Well, I we'll see, won't we? Right. Were there any other of the ship of the features that you're looking forward to? Anyone? Well, all, all these new um, station interiors look fantastic. I am. I really. I love updates. the look. I, I really love the look of the agricultural one. I, I, the the way that they're doing the the hydroponics and having it lifting up in and out to get more, presumably more or less light or something like that. It's just so much thought that they've gone into that. I love it. Yeah. Um, really and neat. the whole holographic water. I mean, Christ. <laughs> it's, <Yeah>. it's, a, <laughs> It's just like wow, you know, it makes sense, but wow. Mm. Um, on the other hand, though, why don't we have holographic molten lead or whatever it is? You know, why is it molten? Why can the molten lead quite happily do its thing at one third gravity? True. Um, maybe, maybe someone can answer that. I, I, my physics isn't quite good enough for that, but maybe, maybe someone can answer that. Hmm. Something along the lines that lead is is heavier that metals are heavier than water, but one ton is one ton. Mm. Well, well, maybe it doesn't de- diffuse as easily into the into the air of the of the docking uh, cylinder as uh, well, metals. There's a question: Why are they open to the air anyway? <laughs> I wonder, Surely that's an industrial accident waiting to happen. <laughs> are these perhaps ship baths? Is this a special coating we can get? Chrome, chrome effect in your ship by having a dunk. But Grant, I'm just. <laughs> you mean find more, it, finally having a clean a clean windscreen? <laughs> that that would be nice, wouldn't it? I. <laughs> be good. Extra service. <laughs> but hang on, I'm just like, right, did did you accidentally land in a in a molten lead? Then call 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 a McGrath or something like that. <laughs> yeah, just like you did you fly crash straight into hydroponics lift. <laughs> Do you have someone's dirty soil all over your windscreen? Ben, we talked about well, this. Not not an air. Yes. <laughs> not oh why not? Oh dear. Someone get him his pills. <laughs> yeah, I've had too much coffee already, I'm afraid. It's got me wondering as well, you know, that you've, I think it's the mining stations. The, oh, there's yeah. a few of them with the great, the great big long hammers of death. It's got me wondering oh, what, those is, ones. what is really inside those? What is it that they're spinning around that needs to be under such um, gravitational force? Uh, apparently they're kind of refinery stations. Oh, I can't wait to see they, them. Well, they'd be you... open to fly into as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've already lost one. Type six to those blasted things. I don't. <laughs> you, you kind of forget. Oh right, okay. Let's fly around the station. I will quickly, quickly be able to get a, an exit away. And before you know it, crunch. What was that? Oh, of course, the arms. Mm. I mean, there was one thing about the uh, about all the notes which I, I missed. Oh, and I it see. says, yeah, it's the harvestable geological structures. Yes. What is that? Is that new 
outcroppings or, or something on the planets? Yeah, well, we're getting geezers or geysers, however you want to pronounce it, and something else. I want, I want to call them stalactites, but they're not. Mm. Um, so we're getting these things coming out on the planets and basically as I understand the gameplay side of it, if you see something along those lines, it's an indication that there might be more and better resources in that area. Or other resources, maybe. Or, or potentially yeah. other resources, yeah. yeah. But here's a question for you, and you know, this is pure, pure speculation. These, to me, look like they are geological, almost volcanic features. Also, yeah. Yep. I'm wondering if these are a hint that we're going to be getting volcan volcanic planets coming in 2.2. Uh, you know, nothing's been said yet. Well, but... they've, they've got... Well, you, you can tell from what they've done here that they've started working on it. I mean, they've got the Titanic simulation upgrade, and they've got yeah. the planet, the planetary, um, uh, the planetary maps coming in. Yep. Um, I think this is one of these things that they're, they're working towards, and this is the the groundwork that they're putting in. I don't think we'll see it at two point two, but maybe a bit later in the season. You think maybe it's a two point three thing rather than a two point two thing? You think? Yeah, I, I I genuinely think that the, I think everything that we've seen so far has been they put a lot of infrastructure in before they put the next lot in, and you can yes. see that there's a lot of infrastructure in here which could be utilised for that volcanism thing that mm -hmm. you that you're referring to. So I reckon this is this is one of these um, layers that they're putting in intermediate style, and then later on we'll, we'll you'll be able to see full on volcanoes erupting. Uh, like Io around Jupiter. Uh, but, I mean, they've got the geysers in there at this moment in time, and they've got Aye. a lot of the uh, the plumes out of the new stars. And all that stuff, yep. I'm going to love driving an SRV through those those plumes just to see how high I can fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally see that as coming up as a new a new mini-game for SR, people to do SR and things like something. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The buckyball racers have got a new fun thing to try out. <laughs> and I was going to say, and talking about SRV jumping, I've been hanging around in a in a canyon so far this evening. I'm going to try and jump it at the moment, just because I can. So if Grant or Colin could talk for a couple of minutes, that'd be kind of appreciated, so I don't die. No, no, <laughs> you die. <laughs> <laughs> Right, listen. Hold on a second. I'm on the, I'm on the wrong monitor. Just because Ben told me I could go and do other stuff while I was doing. Oh, that's the off button. No, oh, all these you things that you were alluding to, uh, we've seen them coming in 2.2 and beyond. The Aye. the lava in the stations and the geysers. Lava. <laughs> Can't the, wait for um, lava. The outbursts from the the stars that you can then fly through. It does kind of allude to the volcanism and the planets. If you add all yeah. these things together, you've you've nearly got. This, the simulation you need. So yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait either. I mean, but that that's... I think that we're, we're close enough that we could get in 2.2. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't just... know, because surely, I mean, if you were going to do that, you would, you would be showing the beautiful lava modelling because the way that Elite does everything is it's stunning. You know, it's it's never... Yes. 
it's never, oh, that could be a bit better. It's always, wow, look at that. You know, your first time you're in your SRV and you catch the sunset on a planet, or the shadow of your SRV and you get that screenshot with the beautiful Milky Way showing in the sky, and the stunning screenshots you can get. And I can only imagine heat haze from lava, watching a magma flow coming down the side of something, or oozing up out of something, maybe between you and your ship, and you spend that little bit too long watching it that you can't get back to your ship. That's... (laughs) That's what you know. I'd expect, and I would expect them to be doing the same sort of things that they did for the the horizons, showing the te- the plate tectonics, showing how it works, showing that they've got sources of magma, and that it works to scientific. They'd be singing it to the world. I mean, it's a huge amount of work in that if they're going to do it in the same way that they've done everything else. And so, there's no reason to believe that they won't. Um, so, I don't think we're going to see lava yet. But I think we'll be seeing maybe the past effects of previous lava, maybe. You think that you think you'll see that in season two, and the sort of volcano, vol- volcanic planets will be season three. Volcanicity. I think you know we're going to have the. I, I reckon season three is going to have a picture of Spock in the front. <laughs> <laughs> and a melting no, you, CRV. Yeah, that's all that you really want it for. You just want to knock somebody into this into the magma, don't you? Oh that's come what, that's on, SRV sumo. It's genius. <laughs> It's just genius. La- lava swimming. <laughs> Will 3.1 be the SRV boat? Yeah. Or the SRV submarine? Uh, the one with special tyres that will... Uh, lava tyres, the new engineer upgrade for your SRV, <laughs> if you can find him. Uh, I don't think I'm going to make this. <laughs> Oh dear, this this could be quite painful. Your SRV looks like it's flying. <laughs> My SRV is flying. This is going to hurt. Oh, f- yes, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the sympathy in the world will not be coming your way. <laughs> no, that that seems fair enough. Thankfully, I've got another one just in case. Uh, oh well, that had, that had to be, you know, it was a nice looking canyon, so I had to jump in jump into it just because I can. Um, Just imagine if it was full of lava. Oh, that'd be so sweet. Oh, I'm now yeah, I'm I'm now back up in the air, so I'm gonna have to go back down again. Right. Well, is there anything else that you guys want to mention about two point two before we quickly dive into two point three? I'm gonna assume that's a no. So two point three, I think the only thing that we really know is that it's called the commanders. So I think we're all assuming it's going to allow us to have multi-crew in it. So, you know, I'll be able to jump into Colin's ship if you'll ever trust me. And, Not you know, a chance. And, <laughs> you know, potentially man his guns or do some engineering, things like that. Potentially, maybe even fly one of his Colin's fighters, I'm guessing. Oh, that's a possibility. Um, that means I could shoot you down. Yeah. yeah, Ben, did you go and jump in the fighter? Hold on a minute. Why are you, why are you powering up your frame shift? No, no reason. Bye. And that is a reason why we need um, instant ship transfer. Because if I jump into Colin's spaceship and he then leaves me a slave or something like that, while my, my ship's over in Alpha Centauri, I might want my ship back somehow. Maybe. Yeah, the only problem that you've got with that is remember that 
these fighters are all remote control. Yeah, so I'd have to Which, suicide this remote control fighter. No, no, no. You are in the the bay. Oh, of my I'm in. Ship. I'm in your ship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they are t- telepresence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's an interesting point. I mean, is that going to be the same thing for the commanders, where only the pilot ejects and everyone else gets permadeath? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, they said that the ships, the small ships, have the fighters uh, have a cockpit. Uh, but when you use the ship-launched fighters, uh, you are using telepresence. That's why you can... Uh, Switch between your main ship and the fighter instantly, but well, with uh, when you are uh, when we are going for multi crew, maybe uh, the second one can really jump into the fighter. True. No, I, I think they'll keep with the same mechanic for the fighter, but um, it'll be interesting what uh, what they're going to do with the with the guns in that one. I mean, or the the, the second commander in that one, and obviously. You're going to have to have the commander creator with this as well, aren't you? This is going to be the avatar creator. That otherwise, would, that would make a lot of sense. Yes. You wouldn't be able to actually have two if people in the it, same. Yeah. yeah, you need it before. So you, it could actually be that this one, the commanders, could actually just be the commander creator with a whole lot of other stuff, and 2.4 could be the multi crew. It all depends on what's happening with the, the development cycle, because a lot of people were expecting um, the same development cycle as last year where it was one major point release every three months, where, as in season two, it's been one every six. Now, you know, Frontier have high standards. We're ready when it's ready, and I think everybody agrees that it's, a, it's the best pol- policy going forward. But um, you have noticed that I have noticed a little bit of impatience on the forums and, the, uh, uh, and on, you know, other social media outlets <laughs> with the fact that, where, where's this now? Yeah, I know. I just every time they they say that, where where is it? I just say, oh, that yeah, go try No Man's Spot, spare No Man's Sky, and then come back to us. But <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think in I, th- I think in this case, um, the development cycle and for the whole entire game this time around is turning out to be a lot more complex than um, they they originally planned for. So. Do you think we could be looking at maybe a, a two-year season two? Mm, no, no. I have a feeling no. we're going to be seeing season three around about summer 2017 is what my gut call would be. Um, and I can give some reasons behind that if you want. Um, first, of, first of all, it basically it's fitting in with their roughly once every six months type uh, frame um for releasing things that we're seeing at the moment. So, you know, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see 2.3 around about Christmas time and then 2.4 early summer going into 3 late summer, maybe. You know, that would not surprise me. I'm pretty sure they are planning a major release for for Christmas, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about Uh, that as well. Yeah. but also, if I remember correctly, and this is something we want to talk about a wee bit later on if we have time, uh, Drew's book, which is sounding really, really exciting and awesome, is meant to be ready around about next summer as well. And it's basically covering events in season, from season one and season two. So reading the tea leaves 
having Drew's book out just in time for season three might make some sense. You have a point. Oh, come on. But of course, on. there's no reason to this explain is, that. This is like accusing the, you know, the British government of conspiracy and logging into people's computers. Look, they <laughs> couldn't organise a piss You're up in, in a brewery sometimes, you know, the government, <laughs> and you expect them to have the ability to do that. No, they don't. And I don't think the Frontier would have the ability to manage all the things. I was almost going to say all the sausages. I don't know where that came from. But... <laughs> There's a hell of a lot of factors involved in that, and okay, whereas you can always delay the release of a book, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be very difficult, I think, for them to get the timing because of the involvement of the community in the key points of this book, which was what makes the whole thing the project that Drew's undertaken. Uh, well, one, he must be shitting himself. And two, he must be super excited about it all too because it's one of those double-sided swords, you know, double-edged swords. It's going to be so exciting and amazing to see the community being able to shape your story. And on the other hand, it's going to be absolutely terrifying and really frustrating to see a bunch of bastards ruin your story. Um, and it really just depends on the outcomes, you know? <laughs> so I think it's, it's an exciting uh, proposition, and, um, you know, congratulations, huge congratulations to Drew Agar uh, for landing that one, um, and good luck with it. And, you know, if you let us know what way you want it to be swung, um, just so that we can make sure it happens that way, honest, Governor? Nope, 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 I'm not going to sort of launch an opposition. Um <laughs> But I think, you know, with that in mind, you're going to have a large gap between the end of the player actions that affect the outcomes of the book and then the release of the book because that's going to be your your final now. Whereas you can probably get all very much in ready in line and keep these these sections are are, are empty. But it's going to be very, very difficult to streamline the, the process between that's the last player involvement. Right, now does my story still work? Have I got to alter it? Because we don't know how grand or how small these things are going to be or how big our effects on it is. His main storyline is obviously going to be set the way that he wants it and the rest is all going to slot in. But it's that point of which the player involvement's over which is going to be towards the end of a season or the beginning of a season depending on you know whereabouts it happens or middle of a season whatever and then the final book review release was going to be sometime after that and then to try and tie up uh update in amongst all that as well uh if they can do it it would be spectacular but i just think it's possibly asking for far too many dogs to bark at the one basket I just made that one I must up. Admit, yeah, I thought so. I mean, that is that is a that's a new one on me. That one. That's new for me as well. I, but I, th- I think I can see where Grant's coming from, and you know, obviously Drew's going to need time to write his stuff after we've all done it. Um, oh no, no, and um, Drew actually, I, I followed Drew's explanation on the website, and he oh. has a story planned with with various plot points and things like that, and the, and at certain points, player interaction can be highlighted. But yeah, um, he's from what he said, he's got it all planned out, and and although he is nervous that the commu- player community could screw it up, he thinks he's got enough trapdoors under on his plot that could, he could handle it. Mm-hmm. And it was just a dream. <laughs> 
an awful lot of trackballs, I think. <laughs> oh, God, no, please. No, but really? I, mean, I, say, I mean, one of the obvious things could be, you know, did humans shoot first or did the Thargoids shoot first? I think that's well, too grand. That's too grand. Yeah. Well, We've already <laughs> shot. Uh, <laughs> I think I know the answer. <laughs> but also, does it really matter? I mean, so what if humans shot first or Thargoids shot first? There might still be a Thargoid war, even if it's the because the Federal Navy come in all guns blazing, as opposed to Commander Jackass. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're right. I mean, obviously, we've seen how tight the community goals can be. Uh, and our biggest uh, criticism of community goals is that a community goal is a let's fill this jug up and we're going to adjust the size of the jug depending on how important it is that the outcome is reached. And our yeah, issue has always been, uh, where's the sods? Yeah. Too early. Where's the sods that are drilling holes in that jug and draining the liquid out to make it fail? There isn't a way to do that. And I think... It, <sighs> In which case, you know, what you're looking at is at plot constructs that um, the only way that they're going to not go the way that the author wants is for the community to not bother their arse at all and unfortunately stick enough of a reward on the, the other end of it and we're going to oh, go wow. there, whether or not it's selling our grands. Well, <laughs> not that I can now. Why did you bring that up, <laughs> you heartless bastards? Honestly, here I am behaving myself and you have to bring it up again. What would you do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> I'm not answering that question. <laughs> but, you know, the, the community goals are kind of so rigid. It's, it's not a case of um, you're battling to win a community goal or battling to stop that community goal. There is no stopping a community goal. It's... Aye. There's no way of emptying someone's glasses as they continue to fill it. And uh, until you get something like that, I don't think we're really going to have any uncertainty in the outcomes. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's the one thing that could do with some work frontier. Just that little bit, because that would really add a sense of picking a side. And I know we have the whole thing of having two rival community goals, but that's just two buckets and two teams running in different directions, and often the same people carrying different buckets at the same time <laughs> in order to do both to get all the money. So I think, you know, we need to work on conflict. I think, you know, if Elite Dangerous 3.0 was conflict, that would be spectacular, and it was more of a way of counteracting each other uh, than just this current, which is nice, it's a great way of playing, don't get me wrong, it kind of negates the sense of... Uh, griefing really because they have to just blow you up until you give up and go home crying that's the only way to stop people doing community goals and unfortunately that tidal wave of commanders uh, in the solo modes and private groups and also in open who are in different instances is so great there is no way to stop a community goal and then you know Frontier do something like that or adjust it which I think was a mistake and certainly we've seen feedback from people in the chat rooms today talking about the fact that you know that these community goals out at Jack's should have been harder and should have lasted the three weeks and they shouldn't have been tampered with, which they were. And I can understand when you fire it up first time round and it looks like it's too easy to adjust the targets then would make sense. So once it gets past that first tier, make the third tier more difficult, you know, boost the further ones away. Don't wait until it's at that tier and then change it. And they don't seem to do it that way anyway, but backwards wise, um, I think when they make it easier... They've made a mistake for the Jacks one because I've not got there yet. Uh, you're actually you're echoing a question that we got from Commander Dissington, who was saying about the about the community goal 
for the exploration data finishing very early. Um, you know, I think we still had about two weeks left of... Uh, there was about a week left, I think, we had of data for getting our communi- our exploration data goal in there before we reached Tier 8. Um, and there was a lot of people like... No, did you say you, Midden, you were, like, seconds out of... Seconds late. Seconds late, yeah. Yeah, so, you know... Like my trademark. Although I don't think front... (laughs) (laughs) Although I don't think... Did Frontier adjust the data for the community goal? I don't think they did adjust the exploration one. On the, no, no I don't they, think so. they didn't do the exploration one, but no, it was just on yeah. the original one, which obviously I'm still they, they definitely, <laughs> yeah, They definitely adjusted the amount of stuff that was needed for Tier 1 downwards of the take tantalum and stuff like that out to Jax to get Jax Station online again. Um, and I, I would, I definitely feel that, yeah, especially in, in a in a situation where you know that it's going to take people two to three weeks to get there, making it shorter, make, making the reducing the requirements that early on felt like a blunder to me. I'd agree there. Um, and I guess we all feel the same as that. Well, um, the main problem with the one in Jack's is that it just filled up very, very quickly at the end. And, um, are you talking well, about the d- exploration data one, or are you talking about the uh, tantalum one, or the mining one? Well, both. Of, well, all of them, really. I mean, they, they do seem to have slow starts, and then as soon as mm-hmm. it gets above a certain level, everybody it, everybody seems to pile in. Uh, that's. Um, I think you could say the same thing about every CG, really. Yeah, I mean, especially when you've got the building the uh, building of those imperial ships. That that yeah. was phenomenally oh. mental. Aye, mm. but I do agree with with Grant's point. I think that's the only thing that the community goal is missing. The community goals are missing. We need a you need to be able to get the conflict into the background simulation, so that you know when you drop off your tantalum for for your one and you're allied with the Empire, that helps the Empire goal and vice versa for the Federation. But you know, each goal. Say, say you are you, the Empire drops off two tons of tantalum, and the Federation only drops off one. That means the Federation, the Empire is winning by one ton of tantalum, and whoever's um, the the people that have scored the most at that point. Well, how do you how do you put this? One, you have one community goal, and whoever you're um, allied with will cause that community goal to flip over towards your side, if you see what I mean. Or have I just lost it? <laughs> Did any of you guys follow Colin there? I'm, I'm sort of picturing it a bit like a tug of war. Effectively, yes. So you have, you have a, a community goal where both sides have the same objective. But every single time that one side puts something in, it takes away from the other. Okay, so you're basically I'm at plus a hundred or I'm at minus a hundred, and something maybe the first team you to a th- first team to a thousand wins. It's not something that they've not already coded in the game. 
<coughs> purply, purply. <coughs> so <laughs> it's you know it's not unprecedented. It's not a new concept. The power play does it quite well. Aye. Yeah, but obviously community goals are coded up differently from power play. Different mechanics fire that 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 uh, functionality. So they'll have to make some ch significant changes to it. But admittedly, I think that's. In order to, to stop a lot of people complaining about um, you can't stop something happening just by pirating other traders in open or dropping off uh, UA bombing the station, in order to stop that, you've got to start putting in this kind of like tug-of-war mechanic that you, you were on about, Ben. So yeah, it gives you a feeling that even if you're in open, even if you're in, um, in private or, or in solo, Anybody else can affect that goal, and it it kind of takes a lot of the sting out of the people who complain too much in open about the private groups and the solo players uh, skewering the results. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think I I definitely want to see more involvement and competition actually in community goals i mean i know oh back in one of the early shipbuilding community goals i went off and basically role played a pirate interdicting people who were delivering cargo to build that ship because you know i didn't want the federation making any more ships and i thought that was a bad thing so doing what i could to undermine it seemed a good idea uh, but there was absolutely no benefit for me doing that whatsoever, apart from making people hate me. I thought I was pirating in the right way, and I was being nice about it. <laughs> Rather than just coming in all guns blazing, because, you know, I, I don't believe in that kind of thing. Right, anyway, on that note, I think it's about time that we wrapped it up. So, does anybody else have anything that they're wanting to say? We can do. We can do um, a sort of a round of you know, shout outs. Uh, Reinhardt, do you have anything that you want to shout out? Anything coming up that you want to give some props to? Uh, what do you mean? What I'm looking forward to, or uh, a shout out to all the wonderful commanders out there and groups. <laughs> shout exactly. out to all the wonderful, lovely commanders at the UGC, for example. Ah uh, yes, uh, great people there, but but also a lot of other wonderful uh, groups there that are really uh, bringing flavor to the game and roleplay and bringing in different styles. I, I see it in the official forum and on our forum, and I hear it from the French community too. So it, it's really great that that uh, the commanders are sharing their stories. So I, I'm. It's, I'm a bit ashamed that I can't read all the stories. So, so many people have started to, to write uh, blogs and, and short stories and so on. So it's, it's really great with, because it brings, it brings uh, the, the galaxy to life. You know, It's not only the official stories, but it's also all the things we imagine and some of us are writing it down and others enjoy it. So it's, uh, that, that's something that I, I, I really like. Well said. Do we have to Midden? ask Midden? Aye. <laughs> yeah, anything that you're wanting to say about your woolen beard? Or your, your pants with patches on it? Oh, the, the, the pants have been given away, but if anyone wants the beard... <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to say a, a big um, 
a big thank you to everyone that posts in the forums, all the wonderful things. They're, they're wonderful people and all the posts are fantastic. I love reading them all. Um, and also a big uh, shout out to Russell Pitcher, who uh, made me a couple of dog tags for um, a little a little in-game activity that was going on. So, uh, yeah, thank you, tags. Russell. And in fact, that's a very interesting point about the dog tags, because obviously the Hutton Orbital dog tags are spectacular. And do you know it's been a year since the Hutton Orbital community goal to take scrap to Hutton Orbital for the mug? For the so, <laughs> happy birthday That's... to all of you amazing and wonderful Hutton truckers out there and can't wait to do some fun and some amazing bits and pieces and yesterday and today a group I say a group um, Mike Snoswell and Dave Pearson were away on a, a secret mission to make sure that uh, Cecil B. Trumpington turned up at his recording session to create the amazing and the first, the inaugural, the debut voice pack, HCS voice pack, passenger pack. No, this is not going to be some assistant. No, it's not going to help you one bit. He's just <laughs> going to drive you mental from the back seat of your ship. And um, apparently recording went really, really well for that. And at the same time, there happened to be another project coming out soon, to which is a charity pack to raise funds for special effects. I'm not sure how much we are meant to be able to say about it, other than it is another pack coming out from the voice packs, guys. So, you know, you're good, guys, you're going to have to get your wallets ready for these because they're must-haves. Judging by the hilarity of the feedback that we've had from everyone involved down there. And we're talking about the likes of Kate Russell, Drew Wig, or Mad Dog, yeah, Crikey, uh, Human, uh, Dan Grubb. Uh, you know what? Lord. I wish I had a list. I wish I'd prepared for that. I wish I'd put it in a list, but I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, and it's called Echoes from t Hold. Uh, it's not called that at all. It's got Echoes, Echoes from the Hold. Is it a void? Anyway. We'll get more information on that as and when it becomes available. But the HES guys are huge supporters of the Elite Danger, so I want to say a big, huge, you know, shout out for Paul from HES and thank you for all the amazing things you've done and for giving us an opportunity to have the Cecil B. Trumpington pack brought to our um, brought to market really and, and and given a chance to see whether anybody gives a crap about the drunken bum. But um, it's going to be spectacular. I can't wait having heard it. And of course, there's been some special voices as well that are going to be part of this. So keep your eyes open and we will definitely keep you in the form of information for that when and as it comes available. We'll link it up and let you buy it because anything we can do is to support special effects is not only recommended but it is absolutely paramount it is a charity that does something that's so simple it's just so silly and small but has such a massive effect on people's lives bringing games to those who can't game is i don't understand why it's not been you know become uh, a bigger than it is because it's just spectacular to see the looks on these people's faces when they get to play FIFA with their friends in spite of their disability it is just 
spectacular, bringing that even play. Oh, I'm going to have a special effect now, but anyway, that's what that's going to be about, and uh, we must support it because it is going to be critical, and also buy the Cecil pack because there is nothing going to be like flying an elite. Um, that's going to make the run to Hutton feel much longer than the Cecil B Trumpington pack. <laughs> I can't wait, can't wait, it's, it's totally unique, totally unique. Um, other than that, we've got the Hutton Orbital News on Thursday night, uh, we've got Abracadrabble on Friday, we've got Karash Landing on Friday, when's your next, uh, um, what's it called again? I, I, I was almost called you Top Gun, Colin, it's completely gone, Top the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, top shift. Top shift. <laughs> uh, when's yeah, your next one? Oh, as soon as I can get it out. Probably next week sometime. Okay, that's, that's, that sounds good as well. So we've got all this new content coming out soon. And uh, of course, what else? there was something else that was just just on the tip of my tongue and it's disappeared. Was it, was it, was it, was it something to do with escaping with velocity? Well, we've got that in the weekend, that's quite yes. That's important. It is, and Sunday from 2 o'clock on Sunday on laveradio.com forward slash live, you can listen to season one of Escape Velocity in its entirety. And then directly after that, from half past five, season two kicks in, and that will take you right up till season three, kicking off at 9pm. So you can spend the entirety of Sunday listening to Thane going through the ropes. And on that note, I think that's going to be it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you want to get in touch with the show, then you can email us on info at laveradio.com. We're on Facebook at slash Lave Radio. We are at Lave Radio on Twitter. Um, you can join us on the Discord channel by going to tinyurl.com slash Lave Radio. And you can join us on TeamSpeak, where commanders hang out and chat all day and all night and through the weekend and various scary times when they really should be asleep, which is on teamspeak at teamspeak.laveradio.com Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening and you can tell it's live, damn it at half past eight and we're streamed out on http colon slash slash, I don't know why I said that laveradio.com slash live Thank you very much to Grant, to Colin, to Jarvis for popping in earlier, to Abacus and to Midden. Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
No worries, guys. Hold the fort for two seconds. I'll be right back. Galnet News Digest, 6th of September, 3302. A summary of this week's Galnet News. And in this week's news, arrest in Petraeus assassination aftermath. United Research Council bans power play, and then unbans it again. Leaders comment on alien wreckage. Arrest in Petraeus assassination aftermath. A high-ranking official from the Empire has reportedly been arrested following last week's assassination attempt on Admiral Petraeus. The assassination attempt took place at Mackenzie Relay in Semies. On the same day, Senator Kahina Loren, flying under the name Commander Salome, was allegedly abducted by a ship bearing Imperial markings, leading to concerns that the rule of law is breaking down in the Empire worlds. The identity of the arrested official has not been revealed. United Research Council bans power play. Very briefly. The United Research Council embarked on an administrative hokey-cokey this week, briefly banning PowerPlay participants from four systems and then shortly after rescinding the ban. The Council claims to want to conduct sensitive experiments that might be affected by PowerPlay activities, and on the 1st of September it banned all such activities within 30 light-years of four systems – Coritab, Darien, Freng and Lundawalia. However, just a day later the ban was lifted following lobbying from several of the major powers. New locations for these mysterious experiments are expected to be announced shortly. Leaders comment on alien wreckage. Following last week's discovery of what appears to be a wrecked alien spacecraft in the Pleiades sector, the leaders of the major powers have made brief statements. Alliance Prime Minister Edmund Mahan said that while the discovery was remarkable, it was too early to say what it might mean. However, he suggested that the human race would do well to put aside its differences in the face of uncertainty. Striking a more aggressive stance, President Zachary Hudson claimed that the Federation was ready for whatever lies ahead. And Emperor Arissa Levinia Duval said that Imperial forces were highly optimistic about the future. Meanwhile, Professor Stephen Eisler of the Okinura Xenobiology Institute has suggested that the wreckage may be more than a century old, a relic of the fabled First Encounter. Commander Corrigendum reports that the barnacles on nearby Marope 5C are over-harvested and barren. And Canon Interstellar has repeated their claim that their commander, Wace, has traced the source of the unknown probes to a system in the permit-locked Call 70 sector. And that's this week's Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to.
Radio Theatre Workshop presents The dreams are getting worse Van Harmon's star is an isolationist religious enclave Why would anyone go to war there? That's what I'm here for I'd always hope to meet you in space Spreading your ashes across the stars seems somehow poetic Where is Commander Thane? Thane is a criminal, a fugitive, and, as far as the corporations are concerned, an escaped slave. I don't know if I can explain it. What I can do. It isn't magic. Welcome to Baker Base Comsnet. Would you like to send a message? Message? What message? Did I say message? I meant death. I bring death from the Empire. You're about to fly past evidence of a half-century conspiracy. Fame. That's where my answers are. Don't you think it would impress your director of federal security if you found it? I will find my guiding light and then I will be complete. What are you doing? We have a deal. Look at you. Crawling around down there in the grime and dirt. You're an animal, aren't you, slave? What are you trying to tell me? Never call me again. Don't worry, Thane. I'll look after you. You can run, mate. But you can't hide the way your designers make you think. Why are you doing this? Isn't it obvious? I I wish to share my darkness. Escape Velocity. Series 3 begins September 11th, 2016. For more information, visit escapevelocity.laveradio.com.